What's happening, weirdos? It is, I believe it's number 16. I'm not sure. This is We Made It Weird. Uh, Val is here. She's not here for the intro because, um, like many episodes lately, uh, it ended when Lee woke up from her nap. So you'll hear a little bit of that. Um, It sort of unfortunately cut into what was a pretty deep and interesting conversation, but there'll always be more and more weeks to talk about that. Um, But this is a special one. I think it was silly. Excuse me. Okay. I hiccuped. And it kind of turned into a burp. You know how a hiccup can kind of take a weird left into burp town? So I said, excuse me, to cover my bases. Uh, it's silly, it's funny, it's fun, and then we really get into it. These these episodes, uh, as I hope they are for you, have been my weekly mental health, spiritual health check-in. Um, and they're changing my life. They're The lessons I learned the week before bleed through the week and then we talk about them again and reinforce them again and uh, I'm just so grateful for everybody that's listening and sort of, I know it's a cliche to say going on the journey with us, but that's how it feels for me and I've gotten a lot of emails that it feels that way for you guys and that makes me very very happy, so these, this is a, a sacred time for me, these these chats, we, because of Thanksgiving we did this episode today so that's why it's coming out late um, today, but uh, better late than never, and here we are. So we're going to record this intro and get it out to you as quickly as possible. Now I'm just telling you what I'm thinking. Uh, it is the holiday season. This is always a free podcast, and if you want to show your support, uh, it directly and profoundly helps us if you try one of the Pete's Picks. I, I only do ads for things that we actually love and use. Uh, the first one is Living Libations. If you do anything in the skincare face, body, eyes, teeth, even baby products, I promise you there is a wonderful Living Libations alternative to the strange chemical concoctions that we've been told through advertising are good, but really they're full of toxins and chemicals that are linked to disease, and they just were never intended for human consumption. And make no mistake, things you put on your body are being consumed by your body. It gets into your blood, it gets into your system. So I realized several years ago that I was eating food that I wanted to it want be natural. I want to recognize the ingredients um, because I knew that made a difference on how I feel. And then a couple of years ago, I found living libations and it was like an aha moment. I was like, oh my God, I want my skincare to be the same. So living libations is a wonderful company that makes a premium, natural, wonderful products that can replace the random chemical nightmares that I was buying at 7-Eleven. Uh, for example, instead of like some off-the-shelf CVS exfoliating scrub, I started using their ginger exfoliating scrub, which right there on the on the tub, it has the ingredients and you recognize the ingredients. It's, it's, uh, it's oils and um, extracts that you will recognize their source. It's really cool. And... It's the most badass, effective exfoliant I've ever had. I don't know how you grade an exfoliating scrub, but if uh, a normal one is like a four in grittiness and effectiveness, this is like a 10. It's the most exfoliating, exfoliating scrub I've ever found, and it's natural and wonderful. So when you hear natural, don't think it's like, you know, left of center and not going to work. It works better than the chemical nightmares. Uh, I also use Zen Shave, which is their shaving uh, balm. So clean and natural and moisturizing, you can actually use a dab of it as an aftershave because it'll just get right into your skin. Not some anonymous neon blue goo shot from a pressurized can. And at night, I put on their best skin ever moisturizer. Smells great, feels great, and leaves your skin looking great. That's what I put on before bed. But literally, 
Great way to support the show because they have lots of stuff, big stuff, little stuff. Everybody needs a little stocking stuffer or maybe just a gift for yourself, uh, a healthier, happier body, uh, face, body, eyes, teeth. I, I, I'm, I'm on their floss. They have nice charcoal floss. Charcoal is a wonderful whitening, natural agent, and uh, their toothpaste as well. So uh, get into it. Go to livinglibations.com and use promo code WEIRD for 20% off. That's a serious discount, and I hope you enjoy them as much as I do. Uh, also, we've been living off of Hello Bello, especially during the quarantine. We don't want to constantly be going out to the store to get diapers for Leela, but we know we're going to need diapers for Leela. Anybody with kids knows blowouts are a thing. You don't want to have an ill-equipped baby bag. So Hello Bello is a diaper delivery service. They deliver bundles where you choose over 20 different fun rotating designs. In fact, the ones that Leela has on right now say burp and toot, which I don't know if she likes it, but I like it. It makes me giggle. Uh, when she's crawling all over me and I see the word toot. I don't know what that says about me. Every bundle has seven packs of diapers, four packs of plant-based wipes, and even a full-size product freebie with your first order. We all know parenting is hard. Having good quality diapers should not be hard. Get them delivered automatically with Hello Bello. I know it sounds uh, maybe unbelievable, but Lee really does love the patterns and she loves picking out the ones that she's going to wear that day. Um, And that makes it just a little bit easier to get the squirmy worm into her diaper. They work great. The wipes are great. And co-founded by our friends Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard, which only makes it sweeter. I love knowing that they're involved in this great company. So go to HelloBello, H-E-L-L-O-B-E-L-L-O dot com slash weird to build your bundle. And Hello Bella will send you diapers on a cadence that works for you. Plus, the shipping is free, and you can cancel any time with absolutely no gotchas. Super soft, super absorbent, and super affordable. Diapers delivered right to your door from Hello Bello. Go to hellobello.com slash weird. 25% off. 25 your diaper bundle order. That's a huge bang for your buck and a lot of potential blowouts saved. That's hellobello.com slash weird to start building with 25% off your first order. Plus... I'm sorry, just your order. Plus, get 15% off like add-ons, like vitamins or wipes. Don't forget, that's hellobello.com slash weird. Last but not least, we have something for our skin. We have something for our babies. Now something super important, something for our beds. <laughs> I don't know if, you've, if you're like me. I just couldn't bring myself to buy stupid, expensive, overpriced, 9,000% markup sheets at some designer store. In fact, this company, Brooklinen, was started by Rich and Vicky, who had the same problem. They were trying to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. And when they couldn't, unlike me, I just complained about it, they went ahead and founded Brooklinen, the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. They work with the manufacturers directly. They make luxury available to you without the luxury level markup. So they're taking out the middleman. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and tastes. Brooklinen is so confident you'll love their products. They even offer a 365, that's an earth year, money back guarantee. Plus, Brooklinen's biggest sale of the year is coming up right now. If you've got people on your list who are hard to please, some picky aunt, go to brooklinen.com and check out their entire selection of bedding, towels, loungewear, and more. They've even got candles, eye masks made of silk, robes, anything for that picky aunt. Plus, there's always the gift card that Brooklinen has as well. 
We did a Brooklyn and overhaul. I used to look forward to staying in fancy hotels because we love the sheets, and now we live. We feel like we live in a fancy hotel, and we didn't have to pay fancy hotel prices to get that good sleep, clean, beautiful, bright, colorful feeling that we got at nice hotels. Now we have it in our home, and I was like, why didn't we do this? This is such a good grown-up move. Get yourself some sheets that you're proud of, that are comfortable, that are um, impossibly, that's a fun adverb, impossibly soft and wonderful. And the sale is already happening, uh, but why, you know, you don't have to wait. If you're hearing this after it came out, you can still get the code. It's brooklinen.com, promo code WEIRD to get 10% off your first order and free shipping. That's brooklinen.com and enter promo code WEIRD for 10% off your first order plus free shipping, brooklinen.com. You got it. Promo code weird at checkout. Really, really great stuff. So those are three great ways to support the show, guys. It means a lot to us. Get some sheets, get some face cream, get some diapers. And uh, we it really means a lot to us. And we appreciate your support. And in the meantime, enjoy, I believe, the 16th chat with Sweet Lady Val, who, as always, is incredible. And a little cameo from Baby Lee at the end. All right. Get into it. Happy Thanksgiving. Get into it. <laughs> sex bomb, sex bomb. You're my sex bomb. <laughs> Baby, you can turn me on. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us at the podcast today, we're all doing, you made it weird, is, is my old ball and chain. Clank, clank. Oh, dead man walking. <laughs> Bye, wife. Shotgun wedding, <laughs> Valerie and Tiny. No relation to Dick. <laughs> that was you leaving. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Look, I went on a hike. I took a sauna. Oh. I'm feeling fine. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling. You know what I want to say? Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I I guess. <laughs> Oh my god! What? Here, move closer to the microphone because I'm always okay. And you move away. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. I am. I know. I know. I know. <sighs> how, how, how are you? <laughs> how are you? Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those days where you are you woke up with Lee. We alternate, and it was your morning to wake up with Leela, so you got up at six. Uh, and which I, means she was probably squirm karate kicking us both for yeah. an hour before mm-hmm. we got up. Yeah, it's a hard hour. And then I woke up at nine, and you have already gone for a hike, had a sauna. Our Sakumil. Sakumil. Oh yeah. man! So I got a little friend friend juice. You've taken a shower. You've accomplished so much, and you have so much energy. And I am still in my pajamas and feel super tired and foggy and, uh... Dude. It's weird. That's how I felt yesterday. I I slept until 10.30 yesterday. Yeah. We'll try to keep the (laughs) parent talk to a minimum, but (laughs) Leela is in a weird phase where she gets up between 3.30 and 4.00. Well, she wakes up between 3.30 and 4.00, but she's awake for two hours. (laughs) Right. Or an hour and a half. It starts around... This night, it started at 3.30... And for some reason, I'm very energized at that hour. I actually don't even really mind getting yeah. up. It's harder for me to get up at 7 or 6. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, she got up at 3.30, and I'm up with her until four, 
and then I brought her back to bed, and then right. I slept until ten thirty mm-hmm. because I had this horrible interrupted sleep. And then uh, forget it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hate this story and forget it. No, that day I got so much rest and so much like sprawling like a skydiver on both sides of the bed, mm-hmm. rolling around. I, it, it sucks that it's from the Cosby Show because what, what you know, but. They had a line on the Cosby show where it was like, you go to the sleep bank and you get a withdrawal and then you go back and you get more. I, I've always thought, I saw that at a very you know formative age. And I know that feeling, you wake up and you're like, I could get up. And you're like, no, 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 no. And you just like re-spread yourself like butter on French toast. And then the rest of the day, I was just like, sometimes like when all of your needs are met, you don't really know what to do. So I had all this energy, and I was like, what are you going to do with it? And this past week, I've been smoking dope because yeah. there's just nothing going on, yeah. meaning marijuana. Mm-hmm. You know, dope is a catch-all for a lot of naughty no-nos. And uh, is it? <laughs> I don't I don't know. So. I think people that do, if you're doing hard drugs with me and I say, hand me the dope, people are going to be like, he means the heroin. You know what I mean? Really? I think so. Huh. Oh, yeah, dope sick. That's a heroin withdrawal person. Really? I got that from Rancid. I guess it's just whatever drug you think is dope. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like saying ball player. Ball player, mm. when I was growing up, always meant baseball player. But that, then it started being like, oh, he's a fine ball player, Michael Jordan. Is it ever used for football? That is great. These are the sizzling, sizzling, scintillating, scintillating types of conversations I want to be having. I'm so glad that you are in a mood to carry this because I was like, I don't fucking know what I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, I have no idea. And I have no idea. But it's like it's like invigorating. It's like I'm on the lunch bed, man. I have no idea what we're going to I also wonder if... It's Andy Haynes' joke about some people take mushrooms like doing a cannonball into a black hole, and I love it. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, people, like some people are just fearless. That's like our friend Jack. He is like... Yeah, uh, yeah. like Ron Funges. I was at a party. I don't think Ron would mind. I was at a party. Someone handed him some mushrooms, and he just ate them. Oh, my God. And I was like, wow, that's why you're Winnie the Pooh, and I'm fucking <laughs> on my best say Christopher Robin with hints of Tigger. Not even well, yeah, and with Tigger and oh, no, I think your rabbit. Rabbit's a one on the Enneagram. Well, you know true. who I am? Who are you? You're not gonna like it. I wanna know. Owl. Owl. Owl's the the three. Yeah. And you know what? I often feel like owl. Yeah. I might have uh my own little setup with the books and the tea or whatever the fuck owl is doing. <laughs> But I don't participate as much as I would like in the story. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think I have a lot of rabbit, even though I wish I didn't. I but think rabbit's I'm, a one. I know, I know but you can have some. I, I feel like I have some rabbit, too. Yeah. Because I, I want to be left alone. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Tigger freaks me out. Yeah, I also think I'm a lot of piglet, and not a piglet's a two, I think. I think piglet isn't a two. I think Mama Roo is a two. And Piglet, I believe, is a six. Really? Uh, yes. Yeah, I get... Well, the loyalty to Pooh could be a six or a two. This is <laughs> that right? Like oh, smart. my God. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh, indeed. That's a funny <laughs> thing to say if you step in bear shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, anyway, who's a woozle? I was going to... Oh. oh, no, you were talking. Keep going. I was just going to finish the dope point. When, I, when you mm. smoke weed, you feel good. <laughs> what is this, a dare seminar? <laughs> you feel good, but there's a cost. <laughs> no, what happens is I, I tend to get a little dumber, which is wonderful. Things that I'm working on are so much less daunting. This is all in the pro column. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll watch Dawson's Creek with you on Netflix, which, Mm -hmm. by the way, we'll talk about it later. But it is just porn without the sex scenes. It is. It's porn without the sex scenes. I said this is the horniest show I've ever seen. The horniest show. The 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 sex drive of that show is bigger than the characters' foreheads. Come on, a lot of five heads on that show. A lot of gorgeous five heads. Five heads doesn't mean bad looking. Yeah. I'm just noticing and appreciating. Well, in general, good looking people like actors and... Have uh, funky faces. And models, I was just going to say, have big foreheads. Oh, I I thought either that or maybe there's something unique about their chins or eyes. Mm. And I think James Vander B is a gorgeous looking person. Mm -hmm. And really defined, even though I didn't watch much Dawson's Creek. I saw him wearing that sweater from Banana Republic. Yeah. From Banana. I had a stylist once called Banana Republic Banana. Oh, my God. And it made it I so much it. classier. He's like, we could just get something easy from Banana. Oh, <laughs> my like, God. Marry I me. I love it. And I realized that he was the 90s. Like, he, yeah. he was the 90s. Exactly. Um, but that show has a 50... The, the main arc of the story, one of the main arcs is that a 15-year-old boy, boy is having sex with his teacher. 40-year-old... And we're, like, teacher. rooting for it. Like, the tone... We're not. No, I know, but, but the way the show is written, produced, directed, presented is, like, right? Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. I mean, I... <laughs> that is such a case study and why we're sort of fucked, fucked in so up. many of the areas that we are. Because I was probably watching that show being, like, Right? That would be dope. Yeah. Not to mention that it is a movie, I mean a show. It feels like a film. (laughs) A six-year film. Um, (laughs) It's a show about teenagers like libidos and there's so much making out and long shots on the making out. And like... Really long. And... The it's and it's written for teenagers. You can tell it's really written for teenagers to be like, this is gonna really get you all riled up and right. horny, and watch these teenagers be get horny. Get the couch cushion ready because you're not sure how to masturbate, but you're gonna. Yeah, and yeah. I like now that we're older, they look so young. I oh, mean, I know. they they were as young as you could. Well, be. your mom didn't let you watch it. I know, and now we me- watch it, and we're like, sorry. I needed to, like, call my mom and apologize to her. Did you? No, I need to. Because... Well, don't wait for your life to be over. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the theme song is about. Do, do, do it now. <laughs> call your mom and tell her you, she was right. Because I wanted to watch it when the pilot came out, largely because of the show. I mean, the... God, my brain. Okay. Uh, the song. The theme song. Which is, Netflix didn't acquire, so it's like... It's like Ooh, number three. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging with his banana sweater. Yeah. It's the police, I think. It's definitely <laughs> nothing like that. Um, Wait, I gotta look it up. But uh Should I look it up like morning radio? Yeah, look it up like morning radio. You've done everything else on this podcast. Like, like morning, morning radio. radio. Um so anyway, I was like ten when it came out, or maybe even younger. And really wanted to watch it because it was a really cool song and it had teenagers and I just wanted to be a teenager so bad at that point. 
And my mom was like, well, I'll watch the first episode and I'll let you know um, if you can if you can watch it. And I remember her coming in that night to tuck me in and saying, I watched it and it's just too mature for you. Um, so I don't, when we watched it, we're like, hell yeah, Beth. Well, and for this is where the apology comes in. Up until this point, I always... I told that story and I remembered it as like my mom being too protective and uptight. And then with Which is like, what a character on Dawson's Creek would say. <laughs> yeah. And then 15 minutes into the pilot, I, we both were like, oh, she made the right choice. That yeah. was just straight up good parenting. Right. Thank you. You're not going to cut away from the awkward up the jean short legs shot of Katie Holmes. Yeah, that's right. Even There's when it's not so sexual much like scene. rolling and like whoops. And like bikini tops. There's and everyone's bouncing. wearing a, We sound like Amish people, but like, <laughs> look, let your porn be porn and your creeks be creeks. Yeah. <laughs> I have no problem with the sexuality of the film. I have a problem that it's children that are being oh, right. sexual. Yep. And, and they really go out of their way to be like, I'm 15, I'm 15, I'm 15. Mm-hmm. And they, I, you said it brilliantly. If anybody's thinking about watching Dawson's Creek, for a laugh, wear something from Banana, put it on for a laugh, <laughs> wind up your roommate. Uh, it's that it's teenagers who think their lives are super important. Yeah. All teenagers think what's happening in their lives are super important. So I feel like the pitch was, we're going to actually make their lives actually dramatic. Yeah. So teens can finally be like, gah! Yes. And like, There's a great moment in the pilot. It's so unintentionally hilarious. So Dawson is a film buff, and he has all of Spielberg's movie posters in his room. And I forget what he's upset about. Do you? He's upset that... The I girl think, that like, he likes? Yeah, the girl that he likes was talking to the football player. That's what it was. <laughs> he was he saw the girl that he has a crush on talking to a football player. <laughs> and then it cuts to this like 90-minute movie uh, soundtrack montage, and he's put his head on a movie poster, and he's hitting it. Like, <laughs> no! Like, just to show in how much pain he is. And it's Schindler's List! <laughs> how, how about Hook for that one? Yeah, it's It's a black and white hand pulling another hand. I just realized she can hear us. Mute us. Oh, my God. That was so crazy. Sorry, we we have Lee on the phone. Oh, we just interrupted the chuckles, though. Good, 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 good no, catch. No, it's worth it. She, You were being so loud. I don't know how that didn't wake her up. Can you still hear her? I think she... What? She made a sound, but I think she's okay. Oh, my God. Rookie mistake. Yeah, we blew it. We uh. stone cold blew it. Here, um, put, put an earbud in your ear. Okay. And then... Um, there you go. So you'll you'll be able to hear it more. I can't. I feel like I can hear it less. Where? There you go. There we go. Cool. Okay. Okay. Well, the best riff of the show was interrupted by the fact that I just woke up my daughter by screaming Schindler's List. <laughs> so there was, there's a new level of hilarity. My whole point is, you start smoking dope. Now you're not. You can't watch West Wing anymore mm-hmm. because you literally can't follow West Wing. And when I was full of caffeine and clean living, I was the guy that could mansplain 
or uh, you don't have to be a man, just West Wing fansplain what was happening at any moment in any episode of West Wing. I just got the whole thing because it was so clean and clear and under control, <laughs> like astringent from the 90s. Now, a little dope later, I can't watch it. I'm watching Dawson's Creek. Uh, I'm feeling weird feelings about the sexualization, just like we did in the 90s, parents in the 90s. Uh, my point is, remember, because I wanted to start with this, I was like, when you feel good and all your needs are met, like you did sleep until 1030, but then there's nothing really going on. I think that's what we're running up against a lot of us in this quarantine is like, I miss like juice. Mm-hmm. I miss life like, force. like life force, vitality. And I talked to Berbiglia about this. I was like, I miss the randomizer. Mm-hmm. I want somebody to, to hit the randomizer button meaning I don't even know how my day is going to go. That's what made it so fun going on this hike, is I hiked past Kumail and Emily's house, and I texted them, and they were available to come out, and I was like, oh, right, like that's what life used to be. Life used to have all of these moments of just like you don't know what's going on. So anyway, this is a point I've made a million. Me- just meeting your needs isn't life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like feeling good, being rested, uh-huh. even the baby's gone down for the night, like, I'd play uh, video games or something or watch a movie of my choosing. Like, 20 minutes in, you just get that, like, restless. I know. It's, and it's sort of depressed. You feel great. All of your needs are met. And you're even stoned. Mm-hmm. So you feel, like, chemically altered to be great. Mm. And you're just going, like, life is stupid. Yeah. Like, that's the feeling. Like, you'll get up to go to the bathroom and I'm looking at a freeze frame of Pacey. Just, like, really hitting on an older woman who keeps going, like, Pacey, we shouldn't. And then, like, five seconds later, they're mowing. Yeah. (laughs) And I I have it on a pause mid-mow, and I'm just like, life is dumb. And that's when I feel like one of the under-reported, in my experience, under-reported voices of depression, Mm -hmm. which is like, this is as good as it gets, quote-unquote. I'm on a couch. I'm watching entertainment. I'm stoned. I'm eating. Mm -hmm. I've slept 10 hours. And this sucks. Mm -hmm. And you go, like, there has to be something Mm -hmm. more. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Bubba. Respond. I was going to read something that I read. Mikey, actually. Read it. No, I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. Yeah, I think that it really is... Um, it is, to me, it is life force. It's vitality. And that's what you get from novelty. You can get it from a lot of places, but novelty is definitely the maybe most common source, or at least for us, for me, of vitality. That's why when I travel and go somewhere new the entire time I'm like how come I feel so alive like I feel so alive when I'm in a new city walking around the city all yeah. day going to into like passing a church and going into it and then like going to a different restaurant and and I just am always feeling my best and it's because it's all brand new right so your brain your brain is sort of like a computer in, the sen- in a lot of senses, but in the sense, like, if you load a map on an old computer mm-hmm. um, back in the days when it really had to, like, use the RAM, so it's, like, saving the map into the RAM so that you, if you go back to that part of the map, it'll still be there. Does yeah. that make sense? Uh-huh. So, like, you're walking... I walk around this neighborhood, and it's all in my RAM. Yeah. It's all been stored already. Yeah. So I know where everything is, and I can really autopilot a walk... 
And next thing I know, I'm at a coffee shop, and I don't even really know how I got there. Yeah. But Eki Tolles, Eckhart Tolle yeah, talks about this when you travel. Uh-huh. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. Well, we, we're saying the same thing. One of the reasons I think people love traveling, mm-hmm. and the same reason they like dangerous sports and uh, competition of all types, is because it completely debilitates the part of your brain that goes like, I know what the street looks like. No need to pay attention here. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's why Eki Tolles and um, Byron Katie both recommend doing like walking meditations where uh, Eckhart Tolle says you walk around and try to see everything like a, a newborn baby would. So not looking at the tree and saying tree, I wonder what kind of tree that is, or that's the tree that I know, or that's the, you know, you're just like trying to see everything as if it were brand new. And, um, and Katie does that too, says to do the same thing, but then she says to give things first generation names. And I can't remember what the reason is behind that, but it's like, it's kind of just, taking stripping it of of what you think it is well first generation names is just a fancy way of saying make up a name for it i don't know i think she means like before you call it an oak you just call it a tree i think that's funny because the way i interpreted that based on you explaining it to me yeah keith johnstone in this book that i love i read when i was young called impro i m p r o but it's about improv i don't know why he drops the v um he encourages people even if you're, like, guys, if you're sitting in a room right now, you can sort of do it. Like, I'm looking at these glass bottles on my desk, and instead of saying glass bottle, I can say, that's a flan. Mm-hmm. It's weird that I picked a word that is a thing. A flang. That's mm-hmm. a flang. That's a flang. That's a flang. Mm-hmm. And, like, it does increase the, the, the vividity uh-huh. and the spaciousness of the room. Yeah, because we, I think it actually maybe potentially switches things out of your left brain because your left brain is the linguistic side. So we look at a glass bottle now and we think it is a glass bottle. As if that's anything. As if that's I anything, mean, yeah. <clears throat> that that's, I was, okay, so we talk about Moana a lot on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and Frozen. <laughs> but it's because Leela watches Moana a lot. <clears throat> but those Pixar boys and girls are very woke, I think, and very mm-hmm. enlightened. Uh, at least some of them are, because there's that part where she has she's trying to return the heart of Tefiti to a place. That's all you need to know. And her, <laughs> her father, likely guy, he's sort of just saying, "Stay on the island, stay where it's safe. It's the hero's journey." He's like, "Why would you ever want to leave?" Mm-hmm. And she says, "I have to restore the heart." And she shows it to him, and it's this green like gem. And he goes, "This, this is just a rock," and he throws it. And the reason why we're always saying that in this house is that Leela is always picking up little stones and she goes, this is just a walk, and she throws it. <laughs> and it's incredibly adorable. Yeah. And, and then she like, chases after it and goes, no! Yeah, she plays Moana as well. <laughs> yeah. And then I go, chief, it's your mother! Which is the next line, and she loves that, even though it's a sad line. <laughs> so my point is, to the uninitiated, mm-hmm. a rock is just a rock. Mm-hmm. And wow. to the initiated... Uh, the, any object, including a rock, yeah, is whole. the heart of Tefiti. Right, is the whole thing. Right. So this is this is mysticism, sort of one hundred and one. It's real basic. It's like, why should anything exist? And the entirety of the mystery is in a hazelnut. That's so it. Because even you saying that dipped me kind of into that space where 
it's like when when we've talked about this so much, but when I'm feeling depressed, I have the feeling of like, Jesus, what's the point? Like we're just buying time and and just we like have to do stuff. Yeah. Just to eat like, stuff, shit stuff, yeah. wipe ass, take shower, eat <laughs> yeah. stuff. But when I'm feeling connected and present and all of the things that we talk about, I am like, oh my God, I can't believe I get to touch things and yeah. feel them and, right. and smell and taste and like experience. Because you're in your right mind. And yeah. you know, as Byron Katie says, and I think of all this all the time, and I say it all the time, forgive me, but as someone who's sound sensitive... She says, if you're in your right mind, you recognize any sound as the Buddha. You could also mm-hmm. say the Christ or the mystery. Meaning, as I say in my stand-up, why do we have to be stoned to think it's incredible mm-hmm. that you hear your thoughts? Yeah. Like, that is, that is, this is just a rock. No, I'm hearing voices. I, I've been fascinated with that my whole life, yeah. I used to have a stand-up bit where I was like, I think it's weird that you can have a voice, in, uh, you can have a song in your head, but you can't have a voice in your head. If you hear voices, you're crazy. Mm. And then I, the very Seinfeldy punchline was, so it's okay to hear a voice in your head if he's singing <laughs> and if he has a band. The more people up there, the less crazy you are. I still stand by that bit. I think that's very funny. That's a great bit. Yeah, I would take it a little a step backwards and forwards at the same time and say. I think it's crazy that we hear vo- people who hear voices are crazy. Joan of Arc, crazy. She hears voices. Mm. We all hear voices. It's just the same our voice. voice. Yeah. It's our voice. Yeah. So it's like our body. Mm-hmm. Dude, smoke some dope and listen to this part again. It's our body, our brain, our gray matter, our consciousness, a piece of our consciousness, mm. doing an impression of what it sounds like when the, the body speaks. Yeah. So it sort of sounds like you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It sounds like your voice. But your voice only exists when these muscles in my throat contract and expand and go out through the shape of my skull. The the shape of my skull and the movement and the size of the muscles in my throat and the the, the the size of my lungs. Yeah. And the atmosphere that I'm from. All of that contributes to what my voice sounds like. So then your brain goes, well, we got to get this thing to listen to us. Uh, try sounding like it sounds when it squawks. Yeah. And then it, and then we forgot that we ever even did that. Leela doesn't think in the voice of Leela. She doesn't have a voice. Yeah. She probably thinks in probably Disney movies, me, you. Yeah. And sometimes, this is just a rock. She shows up. Yeah, I was showing why, her. It's the most fascinating thing. It's so fascinating. And it also, I have to close this because this sounds like um, just Sure. <laughs> I've been... Staring at the water long as I can remember, no matter how hard I try. Yeah. Never really knowing why. I wish <laughs> I could be a Val's back. I'm back. Um, be a perfect daughter, but, but I come back, back to the water, water. No matter how hard I try. <laughs> 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 the drummer um, stops when he realizes no one's singing. <laughs> oh, it's my chance! We were also laughing. I always want Fred Armisen to do a sketch where he plays the drums on reality shows. Oh it's my like, god, it's just not very good. 
god, that's great. He'd be perfect for that, right? Um, I ben. can't remember. What I, was I was saying, about. your brain is doing an impression oh, yeah, of the sound of the animal. Yeah, I, th- I also just wonder if it's a receptor thing. Like, you are, I don't know, it's not, yeah, it's just like your brain is receiving a energy, is really just like what a thought is. Yep. So it's just receiving an energy, and yeah, it's almost like it goes through a little translator that's like, well, that must be my voice. But there's also something to how your, when you actually hear your voice, it doesn't sound like... Right, it's not quite right. It doesn't sound like your inner voice. But... Well, that's the other thing. Yeah. Is I'm hearing my voice muffled by my head. Yeah. Like, it's like, I'm, I am the speaker, like the, the speaker at the concert, so the music coming out of it, the speaker sounds different to the speaker than to the audience. Yeah. And that's why it's weird. When you record that and play it back to the speaker, the speaker is like, I never knew I was so subwoofy. Wow. I mean, like, the, the, the this is just a rock energy is the universal uh, wonder cock block that everyone is experiencing. That's it. And Richie, shout out to my homeboy, Richie Roar. I've never known what to do. I was never from a Christian tradition that was angel heavy. Mm -hmm. Uh, We didn't really sing songs about angels. Angels were just sort of like, you know, for revelation. It was, it was sort of like the book of revelation. I mean, but Richie was like, I think that angels are the way that we mythologize the idea that every object carries within it, the whole of divinity. So like Mm -hmm. angels walking around with us, Mm -hmm. sort of like God's secret service. Mm. Obviously, it got turned into something else. Like, I'm going to pray for you because I'm sleepy on a car ride or whatever. Yeah. But he thought it, it, the origins of it might be like a rock when you're in your right mind, just like any sound when you're in your right mind, yes. is a miracle. Yeah. And that's why we. I, I, I'll say it every time I think it on this podcast. There's the task, one-tenth is the, of the task is doing the task, and nine-tenths is trying to stay in that place we were like, this is a miracle. Yeah. So a couple things. Eckhart Tolle said this really badass thing. It was an old video of his. And he's talking about death and the ego and how the ego doesn't want to die. And the ego is like, and he sort of, it sounds like stand-up comedy to me. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're like, I need to live. I Let's say you're like 70 and you're in the hospital. And it's like, I need to live. And he's sort of like, how many more sunsets did you need to see? But the ego is like, there's more sunsets. How many more great meals do you need to eat? How many more great movies Mm. do you need to see? Mm -hmm. This is sort of coming at the depression we're talking about Mm -hmm. from the other side. Mm -hmm. Where he's saying, clearly, that's not the game. Mm -hmm. I've had thousands of incredible meals. I've seen, let's be real, probably hundreds of sunsets. That's a little depressing. But I've had wonderful sex, I've slept in, I've seen great movies, I've read great books, but yet still I am here today kind of going like, I can't die, I, I, I need to see what the new Xbox is like. Yeah. And it's like, you're putting it in a bucket that has no bottom, Yeah. and that is what I wanted to get to with my Richie thing. Can I read it? Perfect, yep. So keep in mind that I, I don't regret the weed that I smoke, because when it does sort of take the edge off and projects that I was really um, overthinking 
became uh, approachable mm. because it's like the part of my brain that's like really fierce and critical mm. sort of gets stoned first and it gets the stoned hangover. So I was here in the office working on things that I had been avoiding. And this is my interpretation because I was too stupid to realize how daunting a task it was. Sure. I was just like, what's the big deal? Just type a word. And then he does this. And I was like, that was good. I was grateful for that. Yeah. But to the whole, how many sunsets do you need to see? Like, when are we going to realize that the game isn't just extending the orgasm? Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the biggest Mm -hmm. message I need to say to myself. And I need to say it as often as people hear it on this podcast. I'm saying it to myself. It's like, we just want to get more pleasure than we've ever ever felt, avoid more pain than we've ever felt, ever avoided. And then we want to just sustain that for as long as as possible. Yeah. Here's the reading. A reading from Richard Rohr, uh, my favorite little book of his, which is called Just, Just This. Most spiritual people think we only have to watch out for the negative or nasty passions like anger, conceit, envy, avarice, fear, and lust. But after years of observing both myself and many that I have directed, I have come to see that so-called positive emotions and excitements can be just as blinding and narrowing in their practical effect as negative ones. This is a surprise for most of us. Parentheses, do you know that passions for the early church usually refer to something we suffer and suffer from in contradiction to something we consciously and freely choose to do? Mm. Passion was not usually referred to, referring to sex as it is today. End parentheses. A passion is probably much closer to what we now mean by an addiction or some compulsive unconscious behavior. Mm-hmm. Positive, exciting emotions are just as binding and blinding as negative ones, mm-hmm. even if they don't first appear that way, because we soon try to sustain them by more entertainments and diversions. Mm-hmm. It is the Western consumer mind. Think of an interdependent love relationship, exciting opportunities to meet, serve, fix, and change things for the good, an adventurous and fun day ahead of us, every passing infatuation with anything. That's such a good mic drop. These are all examples. I didn't read it with the right cadence. He's doing a list. Think of an interdependent love relationship, exciting opportunities to meet, serve, fix, and change things for the good, an adventurous and fun day ahead of us. Every passing infatuation with anything, mm-hmm. that wonderful glow after a momentary success, mm. eagerness for a meal or a great anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These are all good things, and God does not begrudge us the enjoyment of such good things. But positive energies can be equally binding because soon the search to repeat, continue, or increase the momentary high becomes an entire way of life. Most addiction, addictions begin with something that was, first of all, quite good and fine. Now we know that there is even a psychological basis for this, a release of oxytocin or adrenaline which feels exciting. We call it a rush, and it can indeed rush us into illusory, self-perpetuating, and finally isolated places where we only want to repeat the fix. Mic drop. God, Richie yeah. Rohr. That is like... like- that's life. That's life. That's me on the couch going, I'm stoned, I'm fed, I'm, I'm rested, I'm watching Netflix, and I'm going like, what the fuck is this? This sucks. I know. <laughs> I feel like th- this is so 
the lesson of my life, especially as a nine, which a three can go to a nine in, under stress. Talking Enneagram, folks. Talking Goog it. Sorry. Give it a goog. But nines seek more than anything comfort. And so, like, I just, even as I'm listening to that, I've heard it explained, too, in Buddhism as passion, aggression, and ignorance. So those are kind of the three traps. So passion in in that same definition as, like, more of an addiction. Right. Uh, aversion, obviously, is, like, when you hate something or hate someone. And then ignorance is, is more like indifference or compl- complacency. And you don't want any of those. You want equanimity. Like, those moments maybe will come and pass, but, like, you are constant. Um, but... I feel like I, even as I'm listening to that, it is so hard. Like, I don't know. I guess there's a voice in me. I don't know if this is true. That's like, I, I know that I have, I live in the brain groove of evaluating how I'm feeling and then instantly making a judgment about that feeling. Yeah. And... So you can make like a, a, a graph. Yeah. I'm above or below where I was. And, and this becomes your passion. It's your obsession. And this is very Western. Your life is supposed to be a work of art. You're supposed to be better today. You're, you're like a corporation. Earn more today. Be better today. Be happier today. Be yeah. sharper today. Yep. And, it, and it, that's great when you can do that, I suppose. But then there's the days where you're just like... I have nothing to do with my energy yeah. because it's a bucket with no bottom. Yeah. My therapist even is like I'm watching happiness. Dawson's Creek for fuck's sake. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's not the answer. No. Uh, my therapist will even say like happiness is overrated. It's not. The goal isn't to be happy all the time or necessarily even most of the time. There is like a, a peace and an equanimity that maybe could be a goal. But but. It really is not the nature of life right. to be one thing at at all times anyway. Right. And Eckhart Tolle says that, um, just to speak to the passion and aversion thing, he's like, he's talking about a, a deep state of being, a type of joy. Uh, and says when you have like momentary happiness or enjoyment or pleasure pleasure that's what he he uses um it is quickly just the other side of pain so pain when you lose that thing or pain when it's over that's right he's like look at rich people for other examples of this you get the house your dream house and now you're worried about losing it yeah even if it's paid off you're worried about it burning down or it being broken into or whatever it might be but I, it's not even helpful for me at this stage in my journey to be like, okay, then I want the state of being of joy because I, I think before I can get there, I have to first fully accept any time I'm not feeling joy. Yeah. Uh, because that's, or maybe that's how you get there. I don't know, but that's <clears throat> another way because I can be like. I'm doing all of this spiritual work. Like I should, the fact that I'm not in this joyful state of being means that it's a failure of some sort and I'm not doing the work. And I'm, and I was just talking about this with a friend yesterday, just replacing this, replacing like enlightenment with 
holy and replacing this with like really conditioned Christian um, ways of thinking, which is the answer is to get somewhere where I'm not. Mm-hmm. The answer is to to um, elicit help from something that I'm not. Mm-hmm. That something's outside of me, and there is another place to be that I'm trying to get to, and then really beating yourself up that for not you, being there, that you are not there. Which, by the way, is, I watched the Stars Nexium thing, and I was really interested in how most cults will establish a very quick. When you're playing at the beginning, you have all of these successes. Uh, Let's say I'm like, there's a hundred levels, yeah, and I get you to join my cult, and I'm like. We're at level two. I, in fact, I think you're starting at level two. This is remarkable. Then, like a week later, you, you're level five. Yeah, you did all these courses, and now you're level fifteen. And like around level twenty, you're gonna. It's designed that you will stop advancing. Yeah, and then the focus is then put on you to be like, I don't know. There's something blocking you. Like there's something wrong with you. Right. And now you need Keith Raniere. Or you need whoever it might be to like give you this thing and, wow. it, and it disempowers you. Wow. And w- if I hear what you're saying correctly, it, there is always this temptation, or we have to be aware that um, even though we're not evangelicals anymore, that like you can just like change the vocabulary and end up feeling very similar. Yeah. Which brings me back to sort of the conclusion of this um, is like, when I'm going, okay, I found a good weed for me and all the things I just said, um, the more I'm chasing entertainment and passions and pleasure in the same way that you might be chasing enlightenment or holiness, as long as I'm chasing this other thing, I am not equanimous or whatever the word equanimitous. is. Equanimitous. Equanimitous. Equanimitous, I think. Equanimitous. And I'm not in the space where I can see that a rock is the whole. Yeah. W-H-O-L-E. And that's what holiness is, is realizing that you are the whole. Yeah. And and the whole tends to not be an asshole because it understands that it is a piece of the whole. Yeah. That everything it sees is it and it is everything. Yeah. I know. And I could break it down even more than that because it's like, so today... I'm fe- I wake up feeling like tired and foggy and unmotivated and just kind of blah. Um, and so what happens is I wake up, I, I check in, I evaluate that I feel this way. Then the very next thing that comes out, you know, is shit. I don't want to feel this way. The whole day is going to be this way and it's going it, to, I just wish I felt exactly the opposite of this. Yeah. So there's a judgment and an aversion to how I feel. And that juices it too. Yep. Now it's, it's now it's really solidified. What actually probably was just, or could have been a fleeted fleeting moment or a series of fleeting moments. I've is, grabbed on yep. and I've made the story and we talked about how Muji says that, but it's the upper and the downer. That's what my first therapist, Dr. Schur in Brooklyn said, my childhood, uh, asphyxiation, no, uh, uh obsession, obsession, with don't look at Playboy magazine mm-hmm. and masturbate was not just because of the pleasure, 
was because of the guilt. Mm-hmm. So I was hooked, and that's where you really get the, the I've said this before, but the speedball, mm-hmm. heroin and cocaine. So yeah. I have cocaine, orgasm, looking at boobies, and then I have the heroin of like, I'm a bad boy. And like he really helped me see that I was like ritualizing the deleting the internet history, mm-hmm. ritualizing, confessing to my first wife what had happened. But that was all part of the drug. Yeah. So like you're having, if I'm hearing you correctly, the same type of experience. You go, I shouldn't feel this way. Mm-hmm. And now that's that's like the, the heroin part. That's the downer part mm-hmm. that you're kind of secretly, your ego, I would say, is kind of enjoying it, oh, getting yeah. off on it. Yeah, because it has a problem now, and if as long as it has a problem, it has an, a, an existence. That's right. And that's all that it wants. It doesn't want to be equanimitatis. <laughs> Equanimitous. It wants good drama. It wants yeah. Dawson's Creek. It wants, yeah. should I be sleeping with my teacher? It wants that. Mm-hmm. Just like a teenager, when your ego is showing up. Yep. It wants lots and lots of conflict. And lots of lots of, you're not my real mom, and it wants all of that. Yeah. Because you want more than anything to exist. That's right. So, it, and I think we get, both of us, I mean, this is a way that we relate, but possibly um, also a, a way that we maybe feed into each other's tendency to do this, is I feel like a lot of what we talk about during the day, especially during the pandemic, is... How do I feel and why do I think I feel that way? So I wake up, I feel kind of blah this morning. I say, um, I say, God, I, I, like there's, there's immediately, I don't even have to think it. There's just immediately an aversion to that feeling. And then I go, well, I'm supposed to get my period today. I also had a really great day tomorrow. So I might have like a serotonin. Uh, sorry, I had a really great day yesterday. Yeah. So I might have a serotonin hangover. Um, I, I also did drink a little bit, so I might have an actual hangover. Yeah. Uh, I might've slept wrong. Like I just start listing and trying to figure out and organize. And I understand that my strategic mind is really doing that. And it's doing that. It does that to protect me from a feeling that I have already had an aversion to is it's trying to organize it. Um, and so then to, in that moment or in this moment, when I'm feeling all of that, I can't, it's too big of a leap for me to go, can't I see that this isn't a rock, this is the heart of Tefiti, and that everything is holy, and that, like, can I find the magic and the wonder in everything? If I try to do that, I will go, no, I can't, and that makes me really sad. Right. Like, I'm, so on top of everything, now I'm failing at my spiritual practice. And that's where the Christianity thing kind of that mindset comes in. But if I can just go, okay, can I open just a little bit to how I feel? Can I just open a a crack right now to accepting how I feel in this moment? And then like you feel a little bit of an opening. And if you don't, you go, okay, can I fully accept that? Right. And then I'll try again later. <laughs> because that feeling is also a part of the whole. It's not an error. It's not an error. I On my hike today, I was listening to Gunger. They have this great album. I love all their albums, but they have a, a particularly great album called um, One, Wild, One Life. Wild Life. So good. And the chorus of that song is, I want to feel it all. Yeah. And I was like, we've say that, said this a million times. 
you want to be the woman waking up and and figuring out this little puzzle, not for productivity's sake, not for achievement's sake, but like let's let's even take it out of the metaphysical. Like you want that as God, you want that. Yeah. I'm just saying, like that's also part of the game. So when you honor the feeling, if I hear you correctly, uh-huh. and say, okay, Pete, you are dissatisfied, privileged guy. Hmm. Feel it. Let it in. Yeah. Don't barge the door like a zombie. Mm-hmm. Let it in. Mm-hmm. And you start to see, just like when I, I did that work with my parents, when I was like, oh, I'm still like afraid of my dad. And then you're like, which dad are we talking about? And when I let it in, mm-hmm. I saw that it was dad from 1986. Mm-hmm. And I'm a child. And it's like, what are you talking about? There's a sweet older man in Boston yeah, who loves going to Dunkin' Donuts and his son. And there might be like some communication barriers or whatever. That's totally normal. Yeah. But dad from 1986 isn't there. Similarly... Let's bring the anxiety and the thing that I think is going to kill me. Yeah. The depression that I think is going to completely demo, uh, demobilize. This is the weed. Immobilize. Immobilize me. You, I, you have this. I've had the breakthrough where you're like, my resistance to the bad feeling is actually giving it the power to immobilize me. And it's my participation with it that gives it its power. If you just say, it's, it's Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. When you stop running from Freddy Krueger and you face him, that's how they sort of beat him. It doesn't really work, but and, <laughs> yeah, but that's good because he's going to come back. That's true. That's that's better than him just going away. Fear is going to come back. Yeah. Well, a couple things. One is oftentimes I'll realize that the resistance to the quote bad feeling is the bad feeling. If I can fully accept it. I might even have the sensation of the feeling again, but without the story and the the tightness, the contraction um, or constriction, I am like, there's no problem here. I'm just having some activation in my body. That's all that's happening. And it doesn't even feel bad, (laughs) you know? Right. Um, I've had that sometimes where I can get to that place where I am so not labeling things and I'm allowing these really big waves of of feelings to come up and out. And then later I'll reflect on that and be like, I actually don't even know what the emotion was. Right. I don't know if that was sadness or anxiety or fear. Cause I just, I wasn't. Well, we're back to the, it. giving it the call the bottles flangs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, Katie makes the point that we, we say to a baby, Oh, you're mad or you're angry, mm-hmm. but the baby is just a pure vessel of the energy. It's yeah. one of the things that's so fun about hanging out with a baby. Yeah. They don't, they haven't yet learned from watching every season of 90210 how to correctly in the nineties demonstrate frustration. Yeah. And they don't even compartmentalize their feeling. They might be crying and laughing kind of in the same whale. Yeah. I know. I I love that she says that and I know what she means, but I also, and I want to talk more about Katie specifically because I had a great conversation with the Gungers yesterday about Katie. Um, And it helped me understand my feelings kind of about the work. But she... Leela like doesn't know that but then you know all of the modern parenting books tell you 
and you know therapists and everything everybody a lot of people agree on this that to help children process their emotions you want to give them the language sure. and say you're mad you're sad because they are fully in their right brain when they're feeling that and if you integrate the left brain and those two are working together then there is like a just like a holistic healthier totally. brain it's it's much more helpful to be like we're on main street right now instead of being like Streets aren't real, man. We're yeah. just on Earth. And even Earth is a label, man. Yeah. Like, that's not useful. Yeah. But this is why the ego and the brain are so compelling, mm-hmm. is because I can tell you go to the botanical gardens and don't go plant rose tree. But I wouldn't be sitting here if my ancestors hadn't learned to go plant rose tree. Yeah. Because they're also going berry, poison berry, mm-hmm. boysen berry, <laughs> regular berry. And they're going saber tooth tiger. Mm-hmm. And they're going flu. And they're going pregnant. And, you know, yeah. we need that. It's like needing food. And then, you know, people listen to the podcast know that you and I both struggle with like binging food, eating yeah. for fun. Yeah. It's the same sort of thing. Yeah. It's like you need some of it. Yeah. But at a certain point, you're just labeling things because you're lonely on a Saturday night. Yeah. And that's how Gungi has explained it. Or he that's what he added to the Katie conversation yesterday where he was like, you know, you have all these tools and you need a, the right tool for a specific moment so this might be a really great spatula but it's going to be a terrible toothpick and like for that's kind of my thing with katie even though i really love the work and i've seen how it's transformed you and i've used it myself and had great moments i want to be clear about that but i really believe that katie is the real deal that she lost her ego and doesn't have an ego Um, so I think in that case, because of that, she lives in total absolute truth. Yeah. Uh, but the rest of us are living in a, a world of relative truth and a world of absolute truth. And I'm not, maybe it's happened and it totally can work. Like on one hand, I'm like, maybe it is possible that somebody who is just doesn't have an ego is like, okay, and pulls you up and then your ego completely disappears. But for most people, it happens so much more gradual. And Ken Ken Wilbur has this thing that they told me about. I can't remember what the first one is, but it's like there's these stages of evolving and you it's like you I don't remember what the first one is but then it's you grow up clean up wake up yeah and Gangis was saying if you wake up without cleaning up then you get like Ted Bundy type people who are just like well all of this is an illusion so I'm just gonna Ramdas talks about this too and his is quite funny it reads like stand-up as well where he's like if Jim Jones enters the kingdom of heaven Heaven not meaning afterlife, but nirvana here on earth. Like you become realized, but you bring your Jim Jonesness with you. Yeah. He it's very funny. He goes, Here I am, Jim Jones at the right hand of God. Like yeah. it's a recipe for Jonestown. It's a recipe yeah. I'm not even saying that guy was in the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. I'm just saying it's a dangerous thing if you don't clean up the ego yeah. and then you're given the truths of the universe. 
you get again I don't want to say Keith Raniere is in the kingdom of heaven I'm just saying they clearly these people had some truths that they were giving something yeah. appealing to people yeah I really want to be very clear that I'm dispelling these are terrible people yeah and then the ego is like I can use this to get more power and more yeah. sex and right. more loyalty and more control and all these things that's right. that's the like they didn't clean up and and yeah you can you can use these things for terrible things yeah and i think it's the same with your relationship with your body it's like if you have so we use the example and there and there is a really kind of controversial um and difficult example of in katie's book loving what is about uh a girl who was sexually abused by her stepdad. And while I was reading that, uh, because, and I don't think I've ever said this on the the podcast and I reference my trauma a lot, but I had sexual abuse. Um, so that's the trauma that I am working through. So I'm reading this and like on one level on, in the absolute truth way in the awareness way, I totally understand what she's saying. Everything that Katie is saying, because she makes the point that it's it's like she says to the... I, I don't even want to get too into it in case it's triggering to somebody else um, because you can just not read it. <laughs> but but the, the way that Katie is deconstructing it is really... I see how on one level that is the absolute truth. But... It's very no-nonsense. Yeah, and I don't and even mean it, no, it's, it's, there's no coddling, right? It's I, I don't want to say it's not caring. I think it's very loving, actually, in in the way that sh- that somebody with no ego can love. It's the sort of chapter that has like a disclaimer where it's like you need to remember yeah. everything she's saying is to liberate the person. Yes, absolutely. And in the case in the book, it does work. There's like it, it, I don't even want to call it tough love, but I want to say it's completely devoid of what I would say is a modern therapist's approach mm-hmm. of being like, oh my God, can we sit with your child self? Although there's some of that. Yeah, but it, but it, yeah, but it doesn't totally nurture the feeling and it doesn't take it at the pace of the person's body, which is really what my therapist is so good at. It's like, we can deconstruct these things, but the whole time we're going to be checking in with the body and if your body is too activated or giving you a clear signal that this is too much, then you, you've you got to stop because you can really risk totally re-traumatizing yourself. Right. So, um, so there really isn't any of that. And again, I think Katie is the real deal. I think she is absolutely, and I mean that in the like, <laughs> in all, every sense of that word, yeah. absolutely love, like coming from the most loving place. But I, I was finding that while I was reading it, I understood and I, I, the awareness part of me knew exactly what she was saying was kind of true with the capital T. And my body was exploding yeah. with like very intense flooding emotions. And then I can sometimes still have flashbacks of things that were described in that questioning from the woman and it, and it and it does it is like very triggering and it, it traumatized me yeah yeah i and this is one of katie's points she's like 
this didn't happen to any of us, but now we can all picture this. Yeah. So I've sort of cast it in my mind. I've imagined it from everybody's perspective. Yeah, sure. I don't even, I'm not even trying to defend. It does remind me of some of the stories of Jesus where a rich man is like, what should I uh, do to get into the kingdom? And he's like, sell all your shit. Yes. And then the man walked away sad because he was quite wealthy. <laughs> and it's like, there, meaning there may be beings on this earth and that were on this earth and will be on this earth that I, this, is my, this is my mythological yeah. understanding that can get into that point zero 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 one intuitive heart space sure. where they know what somebody's ready for absolutely and they pounce so That's it's like right. it's a cold water approach yes go sell all your shit is like not the buddy jesus on rollerblades that we were sold yes and he's doing that kind of a lot if you look at him he's not going like who wants a hug he's yeah. like um, well, you know, your parents ain't shit and everything you believe is kind of dumb yes. and give Caesar what is his. Cause that's bullshit too. Like these are jarring ideas Yeah. unless your frequency is so intense. Yeah. And that's what people said about Maharaji Ramdas's guru. This is Larry Brilliant. Who's actually an epididymologist who has been on CNN a lot. Larry Brilliant sat with Maharaji and he said, it wasn't that Maharaji loved everyone. It's that when you were with him, you loved everyone. Wow. So clearly, and I felt that with Ramdas. Yeah. When I was with Ramdas, all of this peatness melted away. Yeah. And I have a pretty finely tuned judgmental brain that we talked about last week. Sure. Where I was remembering somebody I went to with college, I remembered his name and I just went, because that's how he laughed. <laughs> so my whole life I'm going like, what is the snapshot of you? I'm going to yeah. build a little file on you. Yeah. Even that comedy brain. In the presence of Ramdas, it would melt away, and I was the smiling, happy man in the wheelchair. Yeah. That was the miracle. So I hope, I'm not yeah. even saying that in defense of Katie, I hope that was that woman's experience. But I know Absolutely. reading it. Yeah. Absolutely. You, and you don't have to defend Katie because I'm not even speaking against her. I, I actually think there's a lot of value to beings like her and Eckhart Tolle who have had this experience where they've lost their ego or they really just it happened to them mm -hmm. uh, so that we can have examples of what that looks like because I do believe that that is the evolution of of humanity um, I I agree and that's what we came down to too when we were talking about this yesterday is like it, it's about a skillful approach to it so the, like Zen masters and, and you know great spiritual teachers I think know when somebody is ready to hear that and when they're not. If there is any mistake, it would maybe be putting it in the book because then you're not, there's no way to know that the person reading it is right. ready to hear that. And I was dumb and I told you to read it. No, you weren't. I, d I don't even necessarily regret reading it. I, I just think that... It was so transformative to me. Because I, cause it, it was transformative on one level, but I don't... I guess what it also is bringing up is that it's like that it's kind of like you need to play out the story before you can get to the other side so i will say so this is like a, maybe a potential trigger warning for people because i do want to say the specific thing point that she makes that i that was challenging for me and 
So you can. So fast this is the point. This. If you want to hit that fifteen forward three or four times, yeah, and 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 come back. Do it now. And I do want to also preface this with this is out of context. Okay, don't hit it yet. <laughs> this is out of. context. If con- you already hit a hit back. <laughs> Um, this is out of context, so don't just like go make a big judgment about Katie based on this. But she she says to the the girl, "Was there any part of you that wanted it right to happen?" And she said, "Well, I guess I I did want to feel connected or and loved and preferred. And per- I think was part of it too. Yeah, because and- he was like a distant." stepfather or something like that yeah i don't know by the way we also we all just want connection in some way and when you're a child you don't know and you know um and so she she's then the woman says so i'm just as guilty as him and she says no sweetheart you're just as innocent as him as him so that is again i can see where that's even really beautiful and i can see sitting here now i'm like that's super duper extreme. That's so extreme. And I think what's important is, and I'm, I tr- would trust that Katie knew that that wo- woman was maybe ready to hear that. But when, some, when abuse happens to you as a child, you already think it's, it's your fault that you are dirty, you're nasty, you're gross. Um, without anybody telling you that, that's just kind of what you automatically go to. Uh, so you have to first deal with that belief from your child self. Yeah. And, and I think that might take years even of like, this was not your fault. Even if you enjoyed it, it's not your fault. Uh, there's nothing dirty or gross about you. You are this was done to you you like you do need to be a victim for a little while because you need to understand that it isn't your fault right and then you don't want to stay in the victim mentality uh but then you might be ready to to you know after healing and after resolving and allowing a lot of that the pent-up trauma and feelings to come up and process then maybe you can yeah. get there like Ramdas would say, go grieve some more. Yes. Be sad some more. Yeah. Be comforted some more. Yeah. You know, I think I misdiagnosed my childhood, and that's one of the things that Katie really helped me realize. And then that chapter helped because I was like, oh, I think she's waking up. Oh, going. at a key time. I know. Will you keep saying what you're saying? Yeah, sure. Go get the girl. Oh, okay. Bring her in, and we'll say goodbye. Okay. I was just gonna say that. Ah, it's so he- it's so heavy. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. I don't know if I should even go into my area. I think your area was was beautiful enough. Well, sorry guys that, th- that these episodes keep getting. This is our life. This is why the episode is coming out late. Um, because we didn't have time to do it on Thanksgiving. Obviously, we were together as a fam, and that day sort of got away from us. And now we're recording when Leela naps, and you guys know this. So we sort of go by the cosmic clock of when she wakes up. Thankfully not to me screaming Schindler's List <laughs> during a Dawson's Creek riff. But um, if, if you're interested, uh, th- that, that the chapter we're talking about I think is the last chapter of Loving What Is. And it did, it did help me because my experience 
which was, again, I, I think I was making a story that wasn't there. It, um, and that's sort of what, when you, when I started looking at it from everybody's perspective and seeing everybody as sort of a person, I don't know, this is too heavy because of what Val was talking about. I don't want to, I don't want to get in, the, in, in that mix. Cause that, I want to honor that. I want to, Val, I'm saying I want to honor your story by not even tying mine in. Lila, what is that, oh. bread? I just mean anything, any like stupid trite example from my own life is just feels that. It feels well, stupid and trite. No. I don't, I don't, I just mean, I like the word honor. Yeah. You're sure. talking about this thing and we're talking about something we've been talking about a lot this week. Yeah. Little sounds of Lila eating bread. She woke up going, baby bread, because she calls herself the baby because we call her the baby. So she was saying, the baby, the baby wants bread. <laughs> um, we've been talking a lot about when you are at a higher... Let's just use incorrect but understandable language. When somebody is at a higher level of consciousness, mm-hmm. what responsibility do they have? And again, I'm going to say, last little pop-up pro Katie. I think Katie does this. Yeah. But that's what cults are oftentimes, and that's what abusive egomaniac cult leaders are. Mm-hmm. It's people that maybe have studied and learned and, and even ingested some pretty profound, deep, crazy stuff. Uh-huh. And then they use it on people that aren't there. Yeah. And the thing that I kept saying to you when we were talking about this this week on another topic, and sort of talking about the vow a little bit, I was like, one of the things that really struck me about Rob Bell who's like family to us is every single time I told Rob with the enthusiasm of a seven, cause I have a seven <laughs> part of me. That's the enthusiast. I would tell him this incredible thing that I learned that totally opened up my w- world. Mm-hmm. He always already knew it. <laughs> that means mm-hmm. all the times we went surfing, all the times we had had dinner yeah. and I was telling him something and he had, quote-unquote, the answer, meaning the black-and-white text he'd put on the page that would be the philosophical, mystical answer. Mm-hmm. He didn't give it to me. Mm. And he did that because he's a master. Yeah. Because he knew it's actually sort of an abuse. Wow. If he goes... The example I use is I take a lot of comfort in one of the things that Katie said to me on my podcast. She was like, you don't even have a dad. Mm-hmm. You don't even have a mom. Mm-hmm. You don't even have a planet. You don't even have anything. Like, it's all a dream. Yeah. I'm one of the weird people that finds a lot of peace in that. Yeah. I go, it's a dream. It's okay. It's a play. It's dance. It's Leela. Mm-hmm. Hi, baby Leela. But if somebody's freaking out about their family... And I jump to chapter seven, and they're in the introduction to the book. Yeah. And I go, you don't even have a dad. That's an abuse. Yeah. It's an yeah. abuse of power, and it's, and it's wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I and I that. really think that, to me, it's just so important, to, at least in this stage of my life, to... And it's not just because of trauma. Um, I think this is important for everybody to listen to your body and do everything at your body's pace. You have a perfect barometer attached, I mean, that you are living inside of that will tell you if something doesn't feel right, it's not right for you. Airplane. Airplane. Um, so So if you're reading Katie and it's feeling so right and you are feeling liberated and your body is 
feeling safe and connecting to it, that's it. it. That's the thing for you. Do it. If you are reading Eckhart Tolle or Katie or any of these people that we recommend and your body is being really triggered or you notice that you have left your body, then that's also something to look at. And that's not because, Val, you don't understand it. I don't want to say there's nothing that I understand that you don't understand. That's an absolute fact. Yeah. But where I was trying to process my childhood, mm-hmm. I read that and I, I felt this great weight lifted. That's right. Your and it body was, was responding to it. Completely essential reading for me. Absolutely. I was like, oh my God, when I go back, what is the story and what is, can you relive something without a story? Yeah. And I've had people that have had DMT trips where the whole DMT trip was, here's something that you suffered. Can we watch it again with absolutely no story, no interpretation? Yeah, baby. Bubba, meaning what, Papa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dad is here. Yeah. Anyway, I think we should read some thing, just like a random passage from Justice, since this was such a heavy episode. You can read um, something that feels beautiful and uplifting. Uh, not that it's wrong to feel the weight of this. Um, but yeah, let's let's end on like a really soft. Let's 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 land it gently. Let's land it gently. Do you have a poem? Uh, well, I just I don't have my phone. It's in there. I can go and grab it. Here, here's here's a. This is unlike unlike us. But Richie is sometimes very good at finding Bible verses because I, I I'm still a person that can't really just read the Bible. Oh yeah, um, I'm becoming less and less that person. <laughs> I need someone like Richie to walk me through it because the way I read it and the way it's been translated, it's often so agendified that I just don't know what's what's real. Yeah, hi, sure. bub. Hi, baby. But I love this verse. I love you. From hi, bub. Oh, oh, the baby's sad. You have pen marks all over your leg. Who colored on the baby? Who colored the baby? (laughs) You want to read that verse? Yes. Okay. I am ready to be approached by those who do not study me, ready to be found by those who do not seek me. And I say, I am here, I am here to people who do not even invoke my name. Isn't that great? Oh. That's that's it, man. That's the positive thing. That's so beautiful. The the mystery is available to all of us. And if something's not serving you, Leela, Leela, if it's not serving you, you can put the book down. And yeah. if it is serving you, you can read it. And okay? and either way, you are totally enhancing your relationship and your attunement to yourself and your own body. So that's that's the most beautiful work, in, as far as I'm concerned, that that one can do. Um, thank you guys so much for hanging with us. Thank you for us. your vulnerability, Val. Thank you. That was the other thing I was going to say. That that carried over with me from last week. I used to think I was like, oh, I need to stay in the place where I know a rock is the universe. And I was like, now I go, just be vulnerable yeah. and surrender. Yeah. So it's like drop the effort Sure. and it'll show up. That's why it's like, I am here, I am here, even to people that don't have the energy to see that the rock is the heart of Tefiti. It's still pursuing you when you're tired. Mm. It's still pursuing you when you can't think, when you have a weed hangover, 
when you're numbing yourself with Dawson's Creek, it's the mystery is still saying, I am here, I am here. Mm. And we and it's more about getting out of our own way than it is about earning it or achieving it. Mm-hmm. And I just can't I can't share that enough, Bubba. Absolutely. It's just can I open to this? Can I receive what is being freely offered? Um, so thanks guys. You're mm-hmm. held, you're mm-hmm. loved, you're supported. Let's see if she'll sing. You are my Nope. Oh, nope. <laughs> I've got a, a very distinct pout. <laughs> hey, Lena, will you say keep it crispy? Brody said it. <laughs> Can you say crispy? Yeah, no. right. All right. Thanks, guys. Hope you had a good holiday. I know it was a weird one, but sending you lots of love. I am here. I am here for all of us. <laughs> keep, keep it, it crispy. crispy. Oh, <laughs> I'm crispy. I'm so crispy. My G nine hundred shoes a fifty. I'm so crispy. I'm so crispy. My ice game make you haters wanna get me.